right. Welcome back to Singles Exchange, a podcast that focuses on conversations, connections, and community. As always, I am your host, Joy J, and we have a super exciting episode today. But before we get started, I want you guys to go ahead and like, share, and subscribe to Singles Exchange on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and whatever your streaming podcast platform may be. Now, if that's Apple, Google, that's your business, but listen to it some type of way. Um, And we're going to go ahead and get started today. We have another installment in our discourse on dating. And actually, this is an extra credit episode. And this one is called Dating While Adapting. So we're going to hop right into that. And of course, I'm featuring a special guest, the lovely Miss Bree. And I will let her tell you guys a little bit about her. Hey, Joy, first off, thank you for having me, girl. I am so excited. This is fun. I remember we were supposed to do this a little while back, but here we are, okay? Life happens, okay? And um, so I'm Bree Michelle. I am the author of Confessions of a Young Adult's yes. Life. I, I have my copy. Yes, thanks, Joy. Um, my book has been out officially for almost two months now, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm excited about this new journey that I'm taking as an author. I also am the um, founder and CEO of Fruitful.Poetic.Life company. So um, what we do there is we pretty much help um, minority or artists. I hate using the word minority. We use, we, uh, we help people of color. I would like to say that better. So we we help people of color publish their their material, publish their books, and it's not to say that you know we don't have a white audience because we do. We're uh, we're kind of international. I'm excited about that. You know, hey. on the low, a little bit on the low, just, but yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. We help, uh, but we help authors and we help um, small companies like like Singles Exchange. We help them build their social media platforms. We create uh, websites for them and we help them publish material. So um, just a little small business on the side that I got going on, my side hustle that I'm trying to make into my main hustle. You know? (laughs) The real mood, okay? Uh, I guess what else about me? I'm single. Um, Single um, available. I want to make sure, make that clear. Come on. Look, I got to put it out there for the people. I am single and available because a lot of us be single, but we don't be available. Honey, say that again. But I'm available, okay? Say it again. I'm just waiting on Jesus to um, answer my prayer. Amen. And, and he will. And waiting on <laughs> Okay. But that's the i guess the short of it for me that's who i am y'all i'm yes. so happy to be here as I an am. avid member oh i am an avid member and he is a top on, fan a uh, <laughs> top fan on singles you me you see my gear sure he, yeah. he has on her gear <laughs> Exactly. And I didn't mention that earlier, but Brittany and I are both rocking our singles exchange shirts. I don't know if y'all can see mine, but she has on the white one. I have on the black one and you want to grab them while they listen. I can tell y'all right now, it's a couple of sizes that I'm down to one shirt. Grab your shirts now. And the next time we do a t-shirt order, do it on the pre-order so you can make sure you get your stuff. Yeah, so, I love a pre-order, okay? Love, love a pre-order because that way you're sure to get what you need. Exactly. And we do have some new merch coming, but y'all gotta wait for that. It's gonna come out, give y'all a little razzle dazzle at the start of the new year. Oh. 
little fancy stuff. We working on it. Y'all better so, be over there working at Singles and Listen, Shack. I will say this. The staff is the bomb, which we're recording this way ahead, but the episode that premiered today on the podcast is all about the staff, and they the bomb. So if you're an exchanger who's listening for the first time, or maybe you're just um, catching on to this series, go back to the episode that debuted October, what's today? October 6th. Mm-hmm. And check it out, because you want to hear about that staff, because they the bomb. So, hey, mom, I'm watching. I'm, I'm gonna listen to it as soon as we're done. Yes, I saw they pop up. Let me listen to this. And you're gonna love it. So we're gonna go ahead and get started. So Brittany, you were born and raised here. Give, give me a little rundown about. Yes. That. So I am originally right now. I live in Virginia, so I'm in the South. You know how we divide stuff technically. So Virginia is considered the South. South I considered the East Coast, but here we are. So I live currently in Virginia, but I um, was born and raised in Illinois. So I am a Midwest girl in, at heart, Southern Illinois. So not to be confused with Chicago, because every time you say Illinois, people think you're from Chicago. I'm not from Chicago. I'm from Southern Illinois, East St. Louis to be exact. Come on. St. Louis, Missouri. of champions. But East St. Louis, Illinois, the city of champions. Uh-huh. Yes. That's real good. We got That's a whole Mississippi between us, okay? <laughs> and do. It's interesting because, um, so I was born and raised in Chicago, as you know. And when I came down here for school, people were like, oh, you got to be from Chicago. You act just like them Chicago people. <laughs> we are from Illinois. Like, what do you mean? Like, it's not a big deal to us. But I didn't know, because I was raised in Chicago, I didn't know that everywhere else, people was just like, the only thing in Illinois is Chicago. And I'm like, it's not so. Like, who told y'all that? It's a whole state. It's a whole state. But when I tell you if when I tell people where I'm from, they like, I'm from Illinois, they say, oh, Chicago? No, I'm from East St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis? No. Okay, yeah, I, I'm tired of explaining. Right. And so if you got time, like, for where I'm from, unless I have time to explain to people, I just be like, yeah, St. Louis. Just go with that. Make it simple. That's what I do, too, now. If somebody's like, well, where, where do you live now? And I'm like, oh, I'm in Belleville. And they're like, well, where is that? I'm like, it's Illinois. Oh, by Chicago? No, it's by St. Louis. St. Louis, Missouri? Yeah, I know. It's complicated, but that's where we are. So. A whole four hours. A whole four hours. It's a whole four hours between here and Chicago. People don't get it. They don't get it. They don't. They don't. So tell me about what made you decide, because you said you were born and raised here in Southern Illinois. We met in college here. Uh, What made you decide to make such a big leap and move so far away? You know, Joy, it's funny that you asked me that because actually, to be honest, it was always a part of the plan. Um, Since I was a kid, I've always wanted to live on the East Coast. I've never really, it's not to say that I don't love where I'm from, but I've always had this desire to live on the East Coast. Specifically, I wanted to live in Boston, um, Boston, Massachusetts. Um, And that was just my place. That's where I, I just always desired to go. I was as a kid, I heard about Paul Revere of all things, of all people, history. I heard about Paul Revere and then I was like, oh, I should live in Boston. I don't know why I made that correlation, 
with wanting to live in Boston because of Paul Revere, but that's what that was my thing. Now, of course, I didn't end up in Boston. Maybe one day I will, but um, it was around 2013 when they had got them 100 inches of snow, and I was like, I don't know if Boston <laughs> is the place for me anymore. That might not work for my life. <laughs> that may not be my ministry because I'm just like, I don't know if I want to be stuck in the house and can't get out. That ain't that ain't for me, Jesus. So I've, I had the opportunity to visit Boston. It was beautiful. It was around the wintertime then when I did visit, but it was still a beautiful place. So I still have, it still has a special place in my heart. So one day I might end up there, but um, weird thing. Wanted to live in Boston, but wanted to work at the Library of Congress. And so I was just like, how? How? I don't I don't know how geography worked in my head as a kid. But, <laughs> but I you was, had it mapped out. How? Uh, Boston is literally six hours, about six and a half hours away from where I am now in Virginia. So I was like, how in the world was you going to live in Boston and work in D.C.? How was that gonna work? It was. I'm like, I was gonna be racking up freaking frequent flower miles like crazy, like every day, huh? <laughs> every day. That was not going to work. Oh my gosh. But, so I ended up in Virginia. So this has always low key been a part of the plan to live on the East Coast. Um, I did have the opportunity to live on the East Coast for one year. I lived in Pennsylvania, and that was kind of like my teaser. That was yeah. my my um my introduction to the East coast life in the east coast world and i was like yeah this is definitely it this is i just always been there and i'm like god um why i don't i never really knew why i'm just like god placed this down on the inside of me for some reason and so i just always felt drawn to this area of the country and so yeah i i mean anybody that knows me and that's close to me they have always known that the goal the end goal or the goal has always been to live on the east coast Wow. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, this is where I am. <laughs> That's dope. Do you have family there? Or did you just like pack up like, I'm out of here? I have a cousin that lives here. She's about maybe 30 to 45 minutes away from me. Um, but she's a part of my immediate family on my mom's side. But uh, we're not as close, but she's still, you know, she's a, you know, she's a cousin. She has her own family. And so I try to not impose on them as much. Yeah. Um, but I, um, yeah, I took the drive alone. Um, the Both times that I've moved and did like such a drastic change in moving, I did it alone. I, and it was always nice because I always kept brung my car with me and I only had enough room in my car for me and my stuff. So it's like, look, I ain't got no extra room mm -hmm. unless y'all gonna catch a plane or something to get here. Um, but it has um, always been fun to be able to just, you know, take a, a road trip of that magnitude. It's about um, where I live now currently is about maybe 12 and a half hours from home. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's a nice little ride, but um, it's actually a shorter ride than what it was when I was living in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania used to take me about 15 hours to get home. Um, so yeah, it's a And you drove? I drove each time. Both. By yourself? By myself. Through the mountains, girl, in Ohio. It Listen, the mountains is what would get me. 
I can't do the mountains. Yeah, the mountains is um, it's interesting to drive through. I never had an issue driving like past them and looking because it's a beautiful sight. It was when I, them times when I had to drive under them, I was like, oh, oh, Jesus, mm-mm, God, you gonna have to get me through here. Okay. These walls is cracking. I don't know what fool thought it was good to put a, a road in the middle okay. of a mountain, but let me get up out of here. That's crazy. And I mean, listen, once I hit the three hour mark of my trip to Chicago, I'd be like, I'm over this. Get me out this car right now. I cannot do 12 and 15. Ooh. Honey, you a trooper. You are a trooper. Pre-crew breaks, I take, you know, and I just power through. I don't even think about it, really. I just really just power through. I, every maybe four hours, four and a half hours, because my car can go at least four hours without me having to stop for gas. So every about four, four and a half hours, or maybe a little shorter, depending on what my bladder want to do. Um, I get out, I stretch, and I might sit for about 15, 20 minutes. And then after that, I'm back on the road, and, I, and I'm gone. And, I, you know, I miss that. I miss that a lot now that we're um, hopefully in December. We won't still be in quarantine, but guess we, in case we are, I miss kind of, I really missed being able to be in the car and to drive. I, I find, I didn't know that that was like a safe space, a relaxing thing for me until I couldn't do it. And um, I did it this summer. I went to visit home this summer in June and I drove home. And that drive back home really just helped to kind of like relax some of the anxiety that I had about being cooped up in the house during uh, this pandemic. And it helped a whole lot. Man, listen, that's one thing that I do appreciate about my drives home. When we were in college, whenever there's a road trip to Chicago, you're not going by yourself. Like, that's just not a thing because there's so many people from Chicago who like, oh, I want to go home for the weekend. You go home for the weekend. Like, it's always somebody. But being a graduate now and, you know, being a single who I ain't got nobody roll with me. And most of the time people have other things to do. Um, driving by myself, it's very therapeutic. Um, and, and I don't know what it is because we single. Like, I live alone, so it's not like... I don't be by myself in my house, but it's just something different in your car. I agree. It's something different about being in the car. And I guess because it's a part of, even though you've probably been there before, it's a part of the journey. And it's something about, I guess, that journey or that physical act of going somewhere different than the space that you've been accustomed to is what's so relaxing. And so even though I was driving home, the fact that one, I was driving home and I was going to be able to see my family because I hadn't seen them since December. But then two, it was just a physical act of me getting up out of this apartment by myself and going somewhere and getting some fresh air and seeing some other than four yeah. walls. That's it just, really just made me feel so good about, yeah. about getting on the road for That's real. That's the real thing. Change of scenery makes a huge difference. Ooh. So you uh huh. So you talked about being far from home, which I can kind of attest to that because um, when I got to SIUE, which is where we went to school, um, I didn't have any family here. Um, there was a young lady who she kind of like a big cousin, but she's not really related. And she was in St. Louis and like she's way older than me. And I didn't have a car anyway. So it was kind of like she's there in case of emergency, but it's just me type of thing. 
And then um, in 2011, one of my cousins came to SIUE. So it was awesome to have her here while she was in school. But she graduated and she moved away. So it was kind of like, back to just me, huh? You know? So it's not a bad thing, but it's different. And being that our family is very close-knit, it was a hard adjustment for me to see things that I couldn't get home for like the reality is I'm four hours away I can't come home every weekend so there are some events that I have to miss and some family gatherings and funerals and baby showers like it's things that I miss that had I been home I would have been there for and that was a huge adjustment for me so what was for you the biggest adjustment was moving 12 hours from home girl I all the things that you just said is like things that you know I try my best not to think about because it is kind of it is kind of heartbreaking when you really realize that you know oh well I'm missing birthdays I'm missing people passing away and you know I really don't like going to funerals anyway but just the thought of being able to be there with my family um you know and so it is definitely a little hard to to have to deal with that especially when I think about like missing my nephew's birthdays um and being that you know helping to raise them was such a significant part of my childhood or of my rearing and growing up as a teenager it is hard now the sacrifices that I'm making away from them in those years that I'm kind of losing watching them grow up and every time I see them I'm like yo like I just saw you six months ago did you grow five inches and I'm like what your your voice is dropping all of this stuff I'm like wait a minute what is happening and so it's interesting to even have this conversation because for so many years I was just wanting to get away I wanted to be gone I desired to to leave and not be in the space that I was in and then so now in some ways I kind of look back on that and I kind of regret just how I operated and how I dealt with life in that situation for instance not to bring up a a a terrible situation but um you and I both had a mutual friend pass away this year and it was really hard I took that loss like really hard because one we're in the middle of a pandemic so I even if I wanted to go home, I still wouldn't have been able to say goodbye in the way that I wanted to because of the fact that we're in the midst of this thing that we've never seen before, which is crazy because as 90s babies, we've gone through some of the craziest things. The craziest. I've seen some stuff. Uh, 9-11, all of these different tragic things that have happened in my 30 year, almost 30 year lifespan. But then this thing where I've lost, like I've lost a friend before, but then this is like my second closest friend that has passed away um, within the last five years. And I was like, am I really at this age? Like, what are we doing? Already? <laughs> to be losing friends. And so that hurt me tremendously because I'm literally almost 13 hours away from my immediate family. And I don't have anybody in my physical space that can comfort me. They can comfort me over a phone, but you being on the phone versus me being able to come crying your lap, it's two different things. 
And so um, that experience really kind of brought up some other griefs for me, um, you know, dealing with the fact that I am missing like some special moments when it comes to like family and friends. And so I really have been just reevaluating that a lot because it's like, as I, I don't know what it is about turning 30, but as I get closer to 30, it really is just making me put more things into perspective. And so I'm like, is this really like still worth it? Um, and then you think about all of the years that you sacrifice to go and do those dreams and those desires. And then I also think about, you know, try to think about the positive part of all of this is that I'm creating a blueprint. I'm doing something that nobody in my immediate family really dared to do. Yeah. I had an aunt that she did uh, move away for about 15 years. She was gone for like 15 years. But in that 15 year time span, she ended up getting married and all kinds of stuff happened for her during that time. And then when she decided that she wanted to start having children, she moved back home. So she's not even out in out here anymore either. So pretty much all of my immediate family now moved lives back in Illinois. And so it's just like, oh, like I used her as a basis for myself of what like, oh, I can if she did it, I can do this as well. But then now it's kind of like, oh, but do I want to continue to do this? Or is this something, you know, what am I how am I rearranging myself and rearranging my life? So yeah, it is definitely a process understanding that, you know, I, like I said, I am really building a blueprint for another generation because I, in many ways, I'm making the sacrifices that, and I'm kind of showing them as, cause I really talk to my nephews about it a little bit as I go along, cause I'm showing them how this can be done. Like there are other options and opportunities outside of the space that you grew up yes. in, live in. And it's not to say that where we grew up and where we live is perceivably bad, but it's to say that there are other aspects of life and cultures and foods and all types of stuff that you can explore. And so hopefully this does give my or lit light a fire in my nephews for them to understand well oh my aunt moved from home for a while and then so she you know I can do it too but I also want to show them both aspects of the spectrum though I moved away from home but I also we're gonna be real with you about the fact that this is not always easy yeah that's the part it's hard to kind of be on your own and to be out here by yourself but if you have the tenacity to do so, it can be done and you can do this. And if you have the passion, try because you can always go home. Yes. Uh, one thing that my pastor always says to kids that are about to go to college or go to the military or wherever they're going, he always says, home will always be here. We're we not going nowhere. Go. If you need to come back, you can, but go. And um, I appreciate that as somebody who, like I said, I didn't grow up here. So when he says it, it's always a different thing for me because I understand the go. When I left to go to SIUE, I, my brain was like, soon as I cross that stage, I'm back to Chicago, first thing smoking. And every step of the way, God was like, no, nah, that's not where you're supposed to be, honey. You, let me help you out. Like, you, you where you supposed to be. And so um, when things started to fall into place after graduation, I was like, 
I'll stay here for a couple years. <laughs> I'm going back home. But now it's like, this is where I'm supposed I get it now. Back then, I wasn't really trying to hear it, but I get it. Um, something that you said that I really liked was you making a blueprint for your nephews and being honest about the good and the bad of being so far from home. Um, when you talk about the death of our friend, that made me think of another instance. So this is 2020. 2018 was a horrible year for my family. Like death back to back, people getting sick back to back. Like, it was awful. So we had a cousin that passed early in the year, I think maybe in May. Um, and he lived in Texas. So it was already hard to get so many people from Chicago to Texas for that funeral. Then in September, we had another cousin pass sudden. Now, both of these cousins are, they're young, sudden death, like very, you know, weren't sick, crazy stuff. So that one, I'm like, I'm not missing this funeral. I'm going, I'm going to do whatever it takes. So I got home and it was good because I'm a church kid, which you know. So when my family gets together, we can literally do everything. We got preachers, singers, musicians, ushers. Like we, we don't need... We and we got some people that work in the funeral hall, so we could literally do this whole thing ourselves. So it was good to get home for that, and you know, I felt like I had closure, which I didn't have with the other cousin. So I got back to Southern Illinois, and literally the next day, they called like, "Your auntie not gonna make it through the night." I'm not doing this no more. Like we tied. So that last funeral, I couldn't go back for because I had just left. I literally had just left. And so I had to find a creative way to pay homage to her because I felt like I wouldn't have closure without it. Like, I'm not going to get to go to the funeral, which most of the time funeral brings some closure. I can't do that. So what can I do? So I found myself doing things that she would enjoy. She didn't have any daughters, so she always made sure that her nieces were like her other daughters that she didn't have and so I found myself doing more things with my teens at church and I found myself volunteering at the um, ASL center like stuff like that just to pay homage and when I was telling my nephew about it he was like yeah I get it it makes sense so I think that's important to teach the people that are coming up behind you um, that when you do if you choose to move away from home there are still ways to, to cope to deal with it um, and it makes the time when you are with your family that much more special. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree with that. We're going to talk a little bit about dating, then I want to talk to you about the book. So, moving away from home, do you feel like that changed your preferences or your standards? Like, when you moved away, how did that affect you as far as dating? Uh, first of all, what date like? <laughs> like what girl, date? Girl, girl. <laughs> I tell you, I wasn't even dating before I left, so it didn't. You know, I won't say it changed it as much. I really, I've been single for a period of seven years now. Um, like meaning no entanglements, no none of that for the last seven. Come on, entanglement free. Entanglement free. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> So I haven't had any of those types of situations for like the last seven years. Yeah. But here's the thing. My perspectives still have changed because in this last seven years, I've been still dealing with and processing through some past mistakes and relationships that I had going on 
some things that I needed to let go for me to even be prepared to even go into another romantic relationship and even for me to have better friendships all of these things for the last um I would say really for the last two and a half to three years um when I moved here for sure I have consistently been going, um, I'm looking for a new therapist now, but for two and a half years, I was consistently going to therapy because after I moved here, I started having panic attacks and all of that stuff as well because I was having really high anxiety about the fact that I'm now alone alone because see, we be thinking that we be alone and we be separating ourselves, but then we still be surrounded by people. And so I still had the comfort of knowing that even though I'm upstairs in my room and I have my own space or I'm, you know, wherever, I'm still around family comfort. Even if I'm not at home, I'm in the city somewhere, I'm close by, I have family and comfort. Even when I moved away for that year, I found and built a community there in in that space, a real quick, fast community. And I was living inside like of a a row house. So I had roommates and stuff. When I moved to Virginia, this was the very first time in my life that I had nobody around. And so I didn't know, I had never experienced that. So I didn't know what that was gonna feel like. But when I got here, I'm in many ways, I still deal with periods of isolation. But I was so, I was very low. And so not having romantic relationships and some of my, even my friendships and stuff, hanging on by thread and stuff it was hard and um going through therapy has really helped me to change my perspective because once I went through therapy and got that period of healing going and processing and really started to just reevaluate not just the people around me but myself yeah and I started getting healing from all of those things inside of me and started doing better about me and doing better about my attitudes towards me, then my attitude towards men changed. That's good. And so um, I would say that my preferences have gotten better because there are some things that Brie before would allow that Brie right now ain't gonna go for. Ain't gonna cut Ain't cutting, honey. I, I have a 24, almost a 24 to 48 hour period or window where yeah. you need to figure out what you're gonna be doing. Well, that's real. Like, be getting blocked bro because I don't have the time or the energy that's to deal with foolishness like this a guy right now that's currently on he on his time frame and I'm like alright um that be me alright so you better, <laughs> you better figure out what you're gonna be doing bro and we better be moving this conversation along here or look I will yeah. I find with moving on because I finally have really gotten to a place where I am satisfied in my singleness but still open to opportunities i would say within the last years when i really have become fully open to even having romantic relationships even though i've been single for seven years so um yeah i wouldn't say that my anything has really changed per se but my preferences have what they say the price has gone up listen and we add in tax <laughs> and add in tax Okay. Period. So you touched on friends, which I didn't initially put any questions about friends, but I do think that that's a good point of discussion for people who move far away. Um, My best friends all live in the Chicagoland area. So um, 
in college, I think we're pretty spoiled. We get to see our friends every day. You know, we kick it with them. I could walk across the street to your apartment or whatever. Um, adult life is nothing like that. And like, I feel like the last time I physically laid eyes on one of my best friends was not even this year, which is partially because of the pandemic. But still, it's just kind of like, well, oh no, I did see it once, literally once. So, friendships also, they change when you move away. Even my cousin who used to live here, when she went to school here, of course we would talk all day, every day. Of course she at my house and I'm at her house. But when she moved away and she got married and she started having children, those things changed. So now, I may only talk to her once a week. That doesn't change the fact that she's still one of my best friends slash cousins. But the difference is we can't kick it like we used to. We got real life to live. Girl, my entire, all of my relationships changed. Yeah. Drastically. Yeah. When I, like, I moved for a year, my, and really before I moved, my relationships were starting to change because like you said, College spoils us. Yeah. And um, after I graduated from college, everything really, before I even got to college, those relationships changed. In college, those relationships were still evolving and changing. After college, all of those relationships changed. And then when I moved to a whole nother, across the country, all of my relationships changed. Every one of them. Every single relationship I have has changed and has been tested. And I have always been, I don't like, I don't know why, but the enemy has always tested me in relationships, period, in general, which you can see some of those dynamics follow happen in my book. With um so but the enemy has always attacked me in relationships with people anyway. But when I tell you since I've been living here, things have not been like none, nothing has yeah. been. I literally have only seen one of, like you said, one of my best friends once this year. Um, and all of my best friends, for the most part, most of my best friends, they all have children. Most of them are married. And um, most of them are living their best life with whatever, or they're in serious relationships. Yeah. I'm single and I ain't got no kids. Real single out here, okay? Real single out here, ain't got no kids. And you know, I got a job, but uh, that's about it. All I have really, my babies are writing, my babies are my books, my babies are the projects that I'm working on. And then with my family, even my family dynamics change. My family call me when they need help with like, cause they think I'm the IT person. And I'm like, oh, and ain't nobody gonna ask me how I'm doing? Y'all right. just something. Good morning to you too, family. <laughs> how are you today? You know what I'm saying? And so, yes, it is, it, girl, it is a test. When I tell you relationships are really, you really have to want to do the work. This, I always, I've been mentioning this line from Insecure, the last season of Insecure, every time I talk about relationships, when Molly, because when Molly went to the therapist, I felt like I went to therapy too. Girl. Her, her right. Literally. When sis said, do you want to be right or be in relationship? I said, excuse me, ma'am. What? Excuse, 
Nobody asks you. What they say, you in my business. You in my business, don't do that. <laughs> Nobody asks you to be all over here. Yeah, literally. Not to Molly, not to me. Yeah, that therapy session was, it, it was, I had to pause it a couple times, like, all right. That line messed me up, okay? Yeah. And I was like, that's so true because, like, uh, another friend of mine, a recent friend that I've been developing with, She's, we were talking about how we live on this island and you don't realize that you're living on an island until you really have become fully isolated and stranded yeah. and you realize that you ain't letting nobody come over on the island with you in a while and so I had to make a, a decision that okay I know that my family and friends may not reach out to me but I probably need to do, do right and reach out to them and try to have connections and relationship with them because otherwise if I really want this to work it may not work if I keep doing it the way that I used to or if I feel like I should be justified in my right saying that oh I moved away then y'all should want to try to keep in contact with me but That's then honey you're gonna be sitting over there lonely and, and looking crazy because on the island by yourself on, on the island by yourself because you find out that you ain't as important as you thought. We now that's now you're talking good, okay? So yeah, I know a lot of people who deal with that when when you move away. Um, most of my close family, like my cousins and stuff, they haven't been down here, and I used to really be bothered by that. But the older I get, I'm just like, listen, we grown. Y'all got y'all life. I got my life. I see y'all when I'm in the city. Now, when I'm in the city, they already know the drill. I'm going to send that one text. Like, I'm in town. I'm going to be here from this day to this day. You better find your way to this house. So, yeah, that's a real thing. Make it enough. You better figure it out. Make it enough. Yeah, I, when I tell you each time that I've moved, none of, only, none of my immediate family has ever come to visit me. Ever. Yeah. I've only had one person of my immediate family come to visit me and that's an aunt and she came to visit me like close to when I first moved here in Virginia and she came at the right time because I needed somebody yeah it'd be like that that's a real thing how I was doing and so she came and then you you really do you be wanting people to come see about you and see how you're living to share your experiences with people yeah but it's just like it's may not it's not going to happen like that it may not happen because my immediate family ain't got that kind of money to be hopping on planes like that and then everybody ain't finna want everybody ain't able to drive 12 and a half Bunny. hours to come see somebody so it's just like you know i have to really learn to um uh, adjust my um unrealistic expectations when it came to people seeing about me and coming to see what's going on with me and that helped free me up some more because that's good we're angry and depressed at folk and it's just like why 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 are we wasting this why why are you wasting your energy and your space like this just do something different and so that's i've been learning that and i'm telling you it is an everyday process every day literally so speaking of processes, I want to hear a little bit about Confessions of a Young Adult's Life. What what how did that come about? What was your inspiration? Tell tell me, just tell me about it. Confessions of a Young Adult's Life literally came out of this entire experience of moving across the country and really having to 
sit with myself and deal with my issues. Um, I've always knew since I was a kid, I've always been, I've always been a writer and I've always knew that I would write a book about my life. I just didn't know that my life would be so full of stuff. (laughs) You know, and I, so I've always knew that I would write a book, but I just didn't know when I would write the book. Um, I was, it was came after I had, like I said, when I first moved here in 2018, around June is when I started going to therapy consistently because that was right after I had had a pan, a really bad panic attack. And I had to call my grandmother to, to help me to kind of like calm down and get it together. And then I was like, okay, Britt, you need to go to therapy. So 2018, just like for you, was a very rough year for me. When I tell you transitions are not always easy, they ain't smooth. And so um, it was around November in 2018 when I really started to kind of like, really Holy Spirit was like, write the book. Write. Because writing has, because writing has always been cathartic for me, I was like, okay, I'll write and I'll start writing it out because I need to get these thoughts out of my head and I need to release this stuff because I need to feel better about myself. And so I, the precursor to the book was actually a blog that I used to have, which was Confessions of a Young Adult's Life. And it was a blog that I was writing for, I wrote every day for a year. And um, the reason why I wrote every day for a year because that was therapy for me. That was how I afforded to be able to have therapy. I took time out of my day every day to write my thoughts down. And for some reason, I don't know why I thought that it would be a good idea to share those thoughts with the public. Um, Instead of just finding me a journal and keeping it to myself, I literally have always, the best way for me to do things, I've always exposed my life to other people. I've been very open and transparent about things about my life and things that I've been going through. And so I started writing the book in 2018 in November and then I started and I was writing for a while but then I put it down for like six to seven months because I really it was starting to get real heavy because I was talking about and dealing with issues and traumas and things that I hadn't thought about yeah. in over 20 some years stuff that yeah. I had been suppressing forever that feelings and emotions and 2018 was such an emotional year for me I cried at least every other day if not every day Right, okay. Falling every single day, I went to bed crying or something, and you know, I went to work and stuff, but I was just really dragging, I was just literally just carrying myself. I'm like, my angels is carrying me, days because when I tell you it, and so I set it down for like six to seven months because I was like, I want to make sure that I write from a place of healing. I don't want this to be a blame game. I don't want this to be a book where I, you know, to say, well, mama and daddy didn't do this, did, you know, this person did that. And then I also wanted to make sure that I was just telling my story and not all of everybody else's story. And so, I, you know, I have stories in there or um, in my interlude of the book, I say I go as deep or as shallow as I need to go because I I recognize that you know there's still a lever of protection that I have to put in place in regards to my family because like it or not even though those things happen to me it's like that's still my family don't try me don't try them because we 
<laughs> we'll be fine. And so I have to make sure that, you know, I'm just, I'm writing from the stories from my perspective. And then there's just some stories that I just didn't feel comfortable sharing because it involved other people. Because I could have wrote a tell-all book. And like the stuff that's in the book now, a lot of people think that that's heavy. That's not even the half of it. Yeah. That's like a small corner of my life. And so I, I've had people just talk about this small corner of my life. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But y- look, y'all really don't. You have no clue. I've lived the life for at least three people yeah. in almost 30 years. And so then after that, I was like, I've been doing all these other projects for other people. I need to do this for myself and I need to finish this. So it was about June of last year when I was like, okay, Britt, we're going to hanker down. We're going to buckle down and we're going to get this finished. So from June to October, I wrote consistently and got the book finished. And then of course it took a process of editing and all of that. And then it finally got released this year in 2020. And I'm super excited about the body of work that I put together and I'm excited about the people that have taken the time to read it. Go purchase it. It's available on Amazon as a paperback and an ebook. It's called Confessions of a Young Adult's Life, a memoir by Bree Michelle. I'm telling you, the book will bless you. Yes. You know me, and this has been my tagline for the book. Even if you know me, I mean, even if we family, there is still going to be something in this book that you learn about me that you had no clue. Yeah. I mean, everybody learned something about me. Even my grandmother, there are stories in that book that my grandma knew nothing about. And she was like, wait a minute. And I was like, yeah, this is, it is what it is. So I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about what it's doing. And I, you know, I, please purchase you all support me i am i'm gonna put it out there i I haven't really said it out loud but i'm gonna put it out there i would love to become an amazon bestseller and i would love to go from amazon bestselling on up i want to be because we need you to be a new york bestseller how about that new york times bestseller come Come on on. help help me help me people help us help help a black black business owner buy black ain't that what they say buy black buy black so Bree, tell the people where they can find you other than on amazon because we got you confessions of a young adult's life if you're watching the video i posted it before but just so you can see this is the book this is what it looks like by Bree michelle um but where else can they find you yes can find me on Facebook and on Instagram at fruitful.poetic.life. Now, when you go over there on Instagram, you will see that we're doing an overhaul. So there's some things have changed on my Instagram. So even though it looked like it's a little blank, trust me, there's material coming and there's material there. It's just archived. Don't worry about that. But follow me on Instagram at fruitful.poetic.life. Follow me on Facebook at fruitful.poetic.life. And then you can visit our website as well at fruitfulpoetic.life. I'm in the process this week of fixing, uh, refixing the, the the website. So I can't wait to relaunch for you all to see the new material and how I um, I worked it up. When you when you a one man show or one woman show, you got to do a whole lot. I wear a lot of hats. Yes, yeah, say it again. I wear a lot of hats, so it takes it's a process. Okay, so um, bear with me. So um, if you go to our website, you will see it saying coming soon. It'll be back up by Thursday. I promise y'all. <laughs> And she also has a podcast of her own that is the 
bomb. She is definitely one of my top ten podcasts. So tell me where to find you there. Yes, um, our podcast, um, my podcast is called Confessions of a Young Adult's Life, the podcast. And when I tell y'all we talk about some stuff over there, we talk about some stuff. I think my one of my top rated uh, episodes, of course, because it probably people think it's a little messy, is um, story time. Those several times I was entangled. That is one of the top episodes. That's from season two. You go over there and listen, y'all. Y'all don't want to miss. I'm telling all my business. All the tea. Listen, but it's good because you got to discuss those things. I was taught that covered up wounds don't get healed. So sometimes that was a word. Sometimes you got to discuss it to get healed. So um, that's all we have time for today. But I definitely want to give a shout out to Bree. Thank you again, not just for agreeing to do the podcast, but for always being super supportive with Singles Exchange. Um, From one black woman to another, I know how hard the process is when you're trying to build your own empire and you doing the dang thing so keep going um and we appreciate you on behalf of me and the staff we appreciate you and we look forward to collabing again because you know this is not the last time oh absolutely not i got some stuff in store as well we'll definitely be talking about it (laughs) we collabing soon and for those exchangers be sure to follow brie on all of her um outlets be sure to buy her book be sure to check out her podcast just do your thing go and show brie some love and podcast y'all go buy the book i need all of the support help exactly the likes and your shares help so do it all so yeah thank y'all for kicking it with us and uh hope you guys had a good time let's exchange